You're listening to MND Matters, a podcast from the MND Association. Welcome to MD Matters, brought to you by the MD Association and sponsored by Toyota GB and Toyota Financial Services. Alongside members of the MD community, we bring you stories, information, and expertise direct to your ears. Remember to subscribe and ensure you don't miss an episode. Hi, I'm Helen, and I'm a regional fundraiser at the MD Association. In this episode, titled Your Signature is More Powerful Than You Think, we are delighted to be joined by five guests to explore the difference Gifts and Wills makes to funding vital M&D research, as well as care and support we can offer people living with and affected by M&D. Our guests today are here to share real-life examples of the difference Gifts and Wills have made to support people affected by M&D. To say hello to Debbie Hislop, Professor Majid Haves Parast, Dr. Grieg Joylin, Libby Moody, and Hetty Smith. Debbie is a Legacy Marketing Officer here at the MD Association and supports our in memory and free will services. Majid is a Professor of Molecular Neuroscience at the University of Sussex, who is a grantee for two projects which are fully funded by a legacy. Those projects are being researched by Grieg who is a research fellow in neuroscience at the University of Sussex, and Libby, who is a PhD student in neuroscience, also at the University of Sussex. We are also joined by Hetty, who is the chair of South Hertfordshire branch, which received a £5,000 legacy last autumn. The branch has used the funds to provide support to their local M&D community. Thank you so much for joining us all today to share your experiences. So let's start with Debbie, so that we can better understand what Gifts and Wills are. Hi Helen, yes, thanks for asking me along. Gifts and Wills, also known as legacies, are a way for someone to leave a gift to a charity in their will. This can be a percentage of your overall estate called a residuary gift or a fixed cash amount, a specific item perhaps such as a piece of jewellery or a piece of artwork, and this is known as a pecuniary gift. So people can leave anything but what's really important is the difference that those gifts make can you give us an idea of of really the impact that somebody can have in leaving a gift of course gifts and wills to the mnd association are hugely significant to us in our work we rely heavily on the generosity of people making this amazing choice and gifts and wills left to us mean we can continue to provide support, care and services to those living with MND, their carers and families, and also campaign for the rights of those living with MND and fund vital research to achieve our vision, which is a world free from MND. And Gifts and Wills account for a third of our income. So without generous supporters remembering people with MND in their will, a third of our work simply just would not be possible, Helen. That sounds incredible. Thank you so much, Debbie. And we're really lucky that we can share with you um, and share with our listeners some real stories about how gifts in wills have made that difference. But can you also give us an idea of how every penny makes that difference for people living with MND? A gift, no matter how small, will make a huge difference. For example, £10 provides an information pack for a newly diagnosed person with MND. £100 funds laboratory equipment for two days vital research into finding the causes of MND. 
£250 will provide a grant to help a young person or carer affected by MND have a day out or take part in something special. £1,000 will pay for detailed analysis of the DNA of someone with MND to help us better understand the causes of the disease. £4,000 could fund a person with MND to participate in a clinical trial for a year. Incredible. It, that, those costs really do highlight how it doesn't matter how little or small that gift is. It can it can truly make and start making a difference as soon as that that gift in will is made. There, there may be many myths um, around leaving a, a gift or a legacy in your will. Do you mind just dis starting by dispelling some of those myths for our listeners? Yes, of course, Helen. I think it's so true. And I think people feel you can only leave a huge amount to a charity. So they feel difficult about it and then don't leave anything at all. But this just isn't the case. A gift to us, no matter how much someone leaves, um, will make a huge difference to the support we can provide. A gift doesn't cost anything to someone now, so for people with financial commitments or future care costs to consider, it's a great way to ensure that when the time comes, money is invested into a cause that they care about. Financially, legacies left to charities are free from inheritance tax, so that's good to know. Any amount really does make a difference. There's some really useful information that you're sharing with us, Debbie. But I want to know, is it difficult to make a will? Well, I think people think, Helen, it is. And really, it's not that hard. Um, so I would say to listeners, please don't be put off considering thinking about making your will. At the MND Association, we offer two free will services to supporters. And it's easy to make a start. Thank you so much, Debbie. That's been really um, enlightening and useful in dispelling those myths and helping us better understand why people um, should and when they can make a gift in their will. Yes, if anyone has any queries, please don't hesitate to contact us in the Legacies team. We'd be more than happy to answer any queries or questions you have. And as I say, please do refer to the show notes and um, and please do consider it. It's so important, um, not only to, to help those causes you care about, but also, you know, to make sure it's peace of mind that you know your loved ones are provided for and that your wishes will be um, as you want them when the time comes. So thank you so much for asking me. So now we've heard from Debbie about what a gift in wills is. Um, I'm really pleased to, that we're joined by Majid Grieg and Libby, who are directly benefiting um, from a, a legator, somebody's left a gift in their will, towards their research. So Majid, can, can I start by asking you to kind of explain the research that is being undertaken because of this incredible gift in will? Thank you, Helen. Uh, yes, of course. Uh... Basically, there are several uh, fundamental questions that uh, scientists in MND research are trying to answer. Uh, they, these questions are, how does MND start? How does it progress? Um, and how can we diagnose it as early as possible? And ultimately, how can we um, stop and prevent it? So in my team, we are working on these um, questions by trying to better understand how 
defects in the axonal transport, which is uh, defects within the motor neurons uh, transport system, which we have shown that is one of the earliest uh, events in MND, can make the motor neurons more vulnerable to degeneration. And how can we reverse that? Another area of research is um, on understanding how the immune cells of the central nervous system, when activated, can uh, contribute to the demise of the motor neurons um, and to the progression of MND. And again, how can we reverse that? Um, and finally, we are particularly keen to find molecular biomarkers in the blood that we can use as uh, a diagnostic tool, as well as uh, helping the, uh, to predict um, and the prognosis of MND, and ultimately to be able to use these uh, biomarkers uh, for developing new drugs uh, for treating MND, uh, people with MND. And um, gifts in wheels have been um, vital for, for these uh, very important lines of research. And indeed, and Greg and uh, Libby are here, and the, the projects have been supported by Gifts and Wheels, and they're here to, um, to, tell, to tell us more about it. Amazing. Yeah, thank you, Greg and, and Libby, for, for being here. Greg, can we start with you and just can you give us an overview of what the aim of your research is that you're doing? Yeah, sure. So um, my work is, is, is looking for biomarkers for motor neuron disease. So... What we're basically looking for is for the presence of something or something changing kind of um, as a result of disease. So I guess, yeah, the one kind of biomarker that we're all pretty aware of these days is the presence of the COVID-19 virus that you can pick up with something like a lateral flow test. So that's an example of a biomarker. And so what we're really interested in looking at is trying to find something very similar for motor neuron disease that we can uh, check your blood and look to see whether there's something there that's not normally there um, or whether there's a change. And what we're hoping uh, we can do as a result of that is help speed up the diagnostic process. Uh, not only will that mean that the diagnostic process is a lot faster, uh, but we can also have a lot more information uh, when it comes to designing clinical trials and rolling uh, people with MND into clinical trials, which may mean that we actually get a, a lot uh, better success. The work I'm doing is vitally important to help us to um, get those new treatments. And uh, without gifts and wills, you know, this, this work wouldn't be possible. So yeah, all this, all this work is being made possible by this, the very simple generosity of, of people. Amazing. It sounds like incredibly important research and, and research um, from my experience of working in the M&D community is where we get a lot of our hope from that, that one day we're going to get those answers that you're looking for. Libby, can, can we come to you and can you explain um, a bit about your research and your aims? Yeah, absolutely. So I am currently in my second year of a um, fully funded legacy PhD. Um, and I'm actually going looking more into what is going wrong. So Majid mentioned earlier about the immune cells of the brain and spinal cord, and I am looking particularly at the microglia. Um, now these cells are constantly 
looking out for signs of danger. This could be, for example, damage to neurons or um, a sign of infection. And these microglia respond to that um, by releasing signals to try and clear up and eradicate this um, danger that they've encountered. But we know in um, motor neuron disease that these microglia are more activated than perhaps they should be. And as a consequence, they are potentially contributing to damage of motor neurons. Um, so my work is really looking at one way in which they might be doing this and contributing to motor neuron degeneration. And that is through um, the release of a very small fragments of RNA, which are called microRNA. Um, so we are comparing the release of microRNA between healthy um, controls and motor neuron disease models and working out what effect these microRNA have on um, motor neuron degeneration. If we can identify some microRNA that are problematic, we can look into how we can either prevent those microRNA being released by the microglia or how we can reverse the effects of what they're causing in the motor neurons. Um, and yeah, just to emphasise, my work is fully funded by a legacy. So it's completely enabled this entire research project to go ahead. Um, Again, it just amazes me hearing researchers talk about MND and about their own projects. Majid, how, how far do you think researchers have, have come in understanding MND and, and kind of moving us towards getting a treatment and or a cure? Well, in the last uh, 10 years or so, say, actually since the, um, the human genome sequencing, project has uh, come to completion or near completion. There have been tremendous advances in MND research. One reason has been because we have found genes that are involved in MND. Um, although MND is not a genetic disease, typically, finding these uh, genes and the functions and the pathways that they have been involved in has really pushed the boundaries a lot so that we, we know detailed molecular mechanisms that uh, are involved in, in, in MND and the degeneration of motor neurons. We know, we have, we know a lot, uh, a lot uh, about MND now and the me molecular mechanisms, but you know, there is still a, a lot to go for and uh, to find out how we can stop these um, defects. How can we reverse them? So, yeah, there have been a lot of progress, but there is a lot more to do. I think I would just add that one of one of the other things that has happened probably over the last 10 years is that technology has come a long way in terms of research um, and it's made everything a lot cheaper. So back when I did my PhD about a decade ago, yeah, just to do the kind of work that I'm doing, it would cost probably about £5,000 to do. And now we can do that for about a thousand pounds. So, yeah, it means that we're able to do things a lot easier, a lot faster. That that's also made quite a lot of difference to what we can do with research over the last ten years as well. It it certainly sounds as if all of your research as well is is massively in, interconnected in a sense that's dependent on um, each other's work and and focus to kind of come together to, to find those answers? A lot of our research is very collaborative. So my work is really reliant on um, clinicians 
um, across the UK, uh, collecting uh, blood from people with EMD. Um, and so, yeah, EMD research across the world is very collaborative. So my project has a lot of collaboration with a lot of clinicians across the UK um, and across Europe. Uh, Libby's project is also very collaborative as well. She's um, she's got collaborations across, just not within um, Sussex, but she started up a potential new collaboration uh, with people at the University of Oxford. And, and, you know, this collaboration kind of network that we're, we have across the UK um, really helps to enable um, a lot of this research that couldn't be done just by a single centre. Amazing. I, I wonder if you could tell us a bit about if this, if the legacy funding hadn't come through and, and funded this research, how would you go about fund, funding research? How difficult is it to, to find alternative means of being able to, to fund your work? It's, it would be really difficult. I mean, um, we wouldn't be really able to, to have this continuity that we have now to follow it up. Um, Greg's work, for instance, uh, he discovered a few biomarkers that he can tell you more about. This legacy, uh, this um, gifts in will um, support enabled us to continue that. And now he's working on um, the pro prognosis of the um, biomarkers that could uh, help us with the prognosis of the M MND. Uh, so without that gift, then we probably wouldn't be able to to do that, I mean, to continue that and uh, having progressed, progressing the, uh, our initial findings. Uh, is that correct? Correct. What do you think? Yeah, I, I definitely. And I think the other thing is that, you know, with COVID and with Brexit, you know, funding has got very difficult in research because, you know, we, we've lost a major, major funding stream from the EU. There's less money. Um, available for research funding um, from charity bodies, from the research councils. Yeah, you combine that with the increase in, in living, that's also having an effect on our ability to buy things. Yeah, without um, research funding, without money provided through gifts and rules um, and other sources, yeah, we, we just wouldn't be able to do what we're doing. And so for me, I wouldn't have been able to continue with my biomarker work. I think also just to add to what Greg said there, um, it, so obviously my PhD is completely funded by a gift in will, and that has given us the opportunity to recruit more researchers into the MND field. So without that funding, I potentially wouldn't currently be pursuing a research career in, in MND and learning all those techniques and skills and just gaining all the understanding that I now need to take forward a career in MND research. So I think you know without it I mean who knows where I would be for example like so it's just really giving opportunities for recruiting more researchers into the field which is massively important. Retaining expertise is really really important if we didn't have that gift then it would be difficult to keep Greg and and having Greg has been fundamental bringing in a PhD student like uh, Libby to who who can benefit from expertise, Greg's expertise. Amazing. I mean, I'm sure everyone listening to the podcast is going to be incredibly grateful to the people who left 
that generous gift in their will that has enabled the M&D research field to keep Libby and for her to be able to learn everything that she's going to learn to, for Greg to, to be finding those biomarkers and, and moving us forward. And, and Majid, thank you for all of your hard work, well, all three of you um, and your yeah, your perseverance and commitment to, to helping the M&D community find the answers that we so desperately deserve. Um, but we're also joined by Hetty, who is the chair of the South Hearts branch of the M&D Association. Um, and you received as a branch uh, a really generous gift to, to help people living with M&D now. Can, can you tell us about what difference that that gift in will has made for you and your branch that that's made a huge difference especially as it was received during just just after covid when you know the main aim of the branch is to raise funds to support people living in in our area and in south hearts we have 60 plus people living with mnd that five thousand pounds as i say came when fundraising was so difficult um, and it's it's made it's made a huge difference. I mean, it's, it's it's allowed us to carry on on a very timely basis, being able to turn around these requests for help. Just to show you the the amount of the amount of requests for help that we get. I mean, in twenty twenty, we gave nearly fifteen thousand uh, pounds for requests. In twenty twenty one, which was right bang in the middle of COVID, that was nearly thirty thousand. And this year, so far, uh, nearly eighteen thousand. And our fundraising doesn't 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 match that. We get lots of donations uh, from people who do who who want to you know legacies, small small legacies, much smaller than than the one that we got for five thousand pounds. And it's it's huge. It's hugely valuable. I mean, as 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 you all know, I mean, MND patients they can't wait for social services to intervene and provide equipment because they need it. You know, by the time that happens they would need something else. So to be able to meet these requests and make life as comfortable as we possibly can for these people is hugely important to us. And that £5,000 made a huge difference. Thank you so much, Hetty, because um, listeners might not know, but like in from a branch and group, you're all volunteers. Um, yeah, so so we're we're all volunteers, and our main aim is is raising funds to be able to support these people. But also very important to us is raising awareness. So that's raising awareness is really important to us as well. Phenomenal. So, Hetty, you're there, and and your whole committee at South Hearts and all yeah. of the other groups across the country are there to support people affected by MND and and offer those those grants and financial assistance and and that's what this legacy has has gone to to help provide can absolutely you, can you give, us, give us some examples then of of what sort of um equipment or activities that the people living with mnd might request from from the branch we get we get we probably get about um about 10 to 12 requests for riser recliner chairs um, so that people can more independently transfer themselves out of a chair to, to, to standing positions. So we have one gentleman who um, we've been funding for two years for Pilates and massage sessions because he, he's still working. His progression is quite slow, but he finds it a huge benefit to him to be able to keep his mobility 
to keep to keep as as mobile as he as he possibly can. Um, we provided quite a large amount of money last year to a gentleman who wanted to be able to access his own garden, but with being in a wheelchair, he couldn't do that anymore. So we've paid for uh, works to be done to his home. There's a whole very varied um, a wealth of, of uh, activities and equipment that we um, that we're able to help. Personally, I find it very gratifying that when somebody requests help through National Office, that's just a quick email from me around our committee members to make sure that at least two or three people are happy with that. And then within a week or two, that funding is sent through and virtually immediately that person can help that piece of equipment uh, that, that, they, that they need, which is, uh, yeah, which is absolutely great. No, and it's just you know making sure that that people are aware that we're here as a branch to support them in any way we can. And I've been chair of the branch now for nearly three years, and we've never said no. What I wanted to do was was to thank um, Hitty because you know it, it's people like her who are helping to raise the awareness of the association, which helps the gift that was given to us was wasn't someone directly linked to. Um, MND, but they were brought, they had awareness brought to them of the association and the work they do because of the work that were done by people like Hetty who who run the branches. So, you know, I just wanted to say thank you to, to Hetty for, you know, giving all the time and effort and energy that she does to, you know, do what she does because it is really important for people like us who are doing the research, you know. I, I mean, I can't do what I'm doing without um, people like like Hitty. So I just want to say thank you for that. The great thing about them and the association is the close link between people like Hetty who are putting so much effort and voluntarily helping uh, raising awareness and funds for research as well as uh, looking after people with them and their families. Um, so there's a very close relationship between us and, and the volunteers uh, uh, within the MND association. So yeah, I mean uh, this is a, it's a very, very um, an amazing uh, uh, community of researchers, carers, uh, volunteers, families, members, and also people with MND. This is is a very, very tight knit between them. Yeah, that is is wonderful. I mean, this this podcast is all around like the importance of of gifts in wills, and I did give you all a warning that one of the questions I was going to ask at the podcast was to sum up the importance of gifts and wills in only one word. So that is hard. Um, is anybody prepared to give us their first word of the importance of gifts and wills? From a branch point of view, with fundraising being so difficult, having been so difficult, I would say it's vital. It, allow, it allows us to carry on doing what we're doing. I mean, we had that one very generous legacy, but we've had lots of smaller ones as well. And you know, cumulatively, that it, it's it's vital along with all the other fundraising. It's really important. My my one word would be continuity. That's so important to be able to continue the research uh, and build on what what we have achieved and uh, keep the momentum going. Um, so I would say it's an opportunity. So most importantly, it's an opportunity for the person generously leaving the gift in their will to 
make a mark and know that they are contributing to helping someone maybe um, facilitate being more comfortable if they're living with MND. So it's an opportunity to provide care. From a personal perspective, it's an opportunity to begin a research in motor neuron disease and being funded myself by Legacy. And it's an opportunity from a research point of view to explore more avenues and try because we're going to by exploring new avenues, we might be able to find a cure somewhere within those. So with that money, it's really an opportunity on lots of different levels. And I think my word would be probably hope, because, you know, I think um, the person who is uh, giving this gift to uh, the UMD Association, they have a hope that their, um, their gift that they are giving to the association is going to make a difference. So when we say um, your signature is more powerful than you think, your signature is hope, it's continuity, it's opportunity, and it's vital. Okay. So Debbie, if people have been inspired to write or review their will, how can the M&D Association support them in doing so? Well, in the first instance, all details can be found in the show notes linked to this podcast, where you can find links to the Gifts and Wills and Free Will Services web pages. Further information as well is available on our website. And if you want to go ahead, it's quick and easy to organise and it's peace of mind that everything is organised as you want it to be. We're also running several virtual legacy events this autumn, including one in September on making your will. If you want to find out more or register an event, please do have a look um, and we hope that you will consider it. And I know once um, people have listened to this podcast and listened to the, the real life examples that have been shared, they are likely um, to, to want to help make that difference. So um, if anyone has any queries, they can also contact you direct, can't they, on the Legacies team contact number, which is 01604 611 799. Well, thank you so much to all of you for coming along and telling us all about your work and more importantly the the difference that the generous people who've left that gift in their will have made thank you so much it was a pleasure thank you it was lovely to meet you all thank you thanks so much thank helen Bye-bye. thank you thank you you've been listening to mnd matters a podcast from the mnd association find more information at mndassociation.org if you've been affected by any of the issues raised in this episode contact our helpline MND Connect on 0808 802 6262 or email mndconnect at mndassociation.org.